Hey, what's up? This is Greg Schnoes, and this is the Bevo Broadcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And also, if you could do me a huge favor, subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that, if you could, please. Well, last weekend was not fun. I'm pretty sure we all agree with that. I thought Texas would have a pretty, I wouldn't say easy win, but I thought it would be kind of crazy, and Lubbock's a tough place to play, first true road game of the season, young guys playing in an environment like that for the first time. But I figured after all that kind of died down and Texas was, you know, it was kind of, how could I put it? You know, I always use the boxing metaphor, you know, Tech is always going to throw some haymakers and you can absorb those blows and just kind of take it in the beginning here and there. Then you'll be able to overcome because that's going to be, they're going to throw everything at you. If it doesn't work, more than likely it won't. Texas gets settled in, plays their game, and then they win and so on and so forth. Well, that didn't happen, obviously. It really, it, it was tough. I mean, it, it was a game that I thought, not necessarily this past game, but this was a game I thought Texas would have at some point in the season. As we have been saying on here for you know a few weeks now, have tempered enthusiasm. This is a young team. They're playing a lot of young guys on both sides of the ball, so I keep reiterating that point. And what I'm trying to say now is, I thought that there was going to be a clunker of a game like this sometime later in the year. I didn't think it would come this early, and that does cause some concern for me as a Longhorn fan. Moving forward, you've got to put this behind you. You've got to go on to the next game and forget what what happened. Learn from it, watch the film, get better, obviously, but this was really, it, it, just, it just reeks of all the negativity from last year and I've referenced that before where I'm like I'm not talking about last year that was last year this team is different the UTSA game when they were down after they did the onsides kick and then the double pass for a touchdown and they got all the momentum and they're they're going bonkers they're 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 excited as they can be and what did Texas do they responded with the drive I believe it was like 12 plays for a touchdown and that kind of was like okay cool you did your little thing there UTSA good for you but your time is done. That was your moment to shine. You did it. Cool. It's the second quarter. You're not going to win this game. And Texas pretty much beat them down the rest of the game. Got a turnover for a pick six later in the game. Bijan had an incredible game. But here with Tech, I just don't know where to even start. And as bad as it looked and is, I mean, as pretty much as just difficult it was, was to watch that and accept that, there's still some point for some optimism here because – when you think about it, you're playing with the backup quarterback. He's not 100%. You're playing with the young offensive line. Your top wide receiver got hurt early in the game. There's a lot of things that get, that went against Texas. Your best player on defense got some silly uh, targeting penalty the week before, which caused him to miss some time in this game. So, does losing suck? Of course. And I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it and say it was not that bad because it was. I, I literally had a conversation with a friend as I was driving home after running some errands on Saturday to go watch the game. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a te Texas is going to win big. They're going to be fine. It's going to be like last week. Tech might try to run some trick plays, do some silly things. But Texas is going to win this convincingly. And oh, by the way, OU still ranked in the top 10. OSU is ranked in the top 10. As I've said on here in previous podcasts, if they can get to that Oklahoma State game, win, beat Oklahoma, beat Oklahoma State, that's two top 10 teams. 
again, not trying to put the cart too much before the in front of the horse here, but my point was there's a lot of things out there that if you would have told me if they could do that by that point in the season, minus this tech thing not happening because this is before they lost, I was like, you're setting yourself up for being in a really nice situation that you didn't think you would be. And I was kind of like, I kind of left it at that. My friend even said, I like how you're kind of not saying certain things and being vague, but you're being somewhat positive still. Exactly. So that's what I'm going to still do here. They still have the conference championship in front of them, meaning Tech is probably not going to pose much of a threat in that regard. And Texas is probably going to win more games in this conference. So they're going to be in contention for that. There's no clear-cut great team in this league. Oklahoma was looking great. They look like world beaters. Kansas State goes into Norman and beats them down, right? Texas looks great against Alabama, is within a point of winning that game. Comes back against UTSA, has a solid performance, goes against Tech, loses on the road. OSU is probably the only thing in this league, but have they really played any great competition yet? Not really. So what my point is, this conference is still wide open. It is still for the taking for Texas, OU, OSU, heck, Kansas State, maybe even Baylor. That's five teams I just named right there. All those teams still feel good about their chances, and Texas should be one of them. But again... Some of the bad that we that we witnessed in this game. Bijan only had 17 touches. Why? I say this all the time. I've said it for years. My mom and dad, God rest their souls, heard me say this once. They heard me say it a thousand times. Football isn't brain surgery. These coaches are not operating on patients on the weekends, uh, you know, or during the week during the off season. When football's not, when the football games are being played, you know, come February, Sarkeesian's not got a, a medical practice where he's doing that for a living. He's a football coach full time, and he's a good one, and he's a great play caller. But as again, I'll say it again, it's not brain surgery, folks. Bijan is the best running back in college football. If he's not, he's definitely in the discussion. You have to find ways to get him the ball. Seventeen touches is not enough. I said the week before that I figured Texas was going to run the ball 40 times against UTSA. Well, they ran it like 36, I believe, altogether. So, yeah, (laughs) you've got Rashawn Johnson. He's a great running back. And then Keelan Robinson as well. It's like you have this this great uh, resource of running backs. Use it. Now, I'm not saying we're Bijan out and give him 38 carries. Spread it out. (laughs) But Bijan only having 17 touches is just a recipe for not winning football games if you're a Texas Longhorns offense now part of that was the offensive line young guys playing on the road for the first time they again they're only going to get better they had a stinker they'll get better they will (laughs) they're playing at home this week against West Virginia they will get better but another thing that really had cause excuse me cause for concern Worthy and Whittington had seven catches for 103 yards in the first half and a touchdown, right? What happened after that? Well, the receivers only had three catches for 49 yards the rest of the game. That's that's not good. <laughs> that That's that's bad. <laughs> that, that can't happen. Jatavian Sanders, a tight end who I was raving about first week and second week uh, against Alabama and then the opener against uh, Louisiana Monroe. Great Great presence, making plays in the passing game. Third week, he was asked to be a blocker. I said, give him the game ball for his blocking because he only had the one catch, but he made an impact. He didn't really have an impact in this game. Again, young guys, they're going to have these moments, but moving forward, you've got this kind of stinker of a game in there. I, I 
I'm assuming they don't have another one like this. Not saying they won't have some tough games down the road, but when your wide receivers only have three catches for 49 yards in the second half, and most of that came on a 46 yards of that uh, 74 yards, excuse me, 49 yards passing, right? Hudson Card went 7 to 12 in the second half for 40, excuse me, 74 yards. 46 of those yards in the second half came on the final drive to get to the field goal, which great great job of making that happen. And the freshman kicker, Burt Auburn, knocking it in there to get the tie game. But needless to say, when Xavier Worthy is not on the field, it affects this offense in such a huge way. He brings such a presence and a dynamic to the offense that you have to account for. Defensive coaches know what he is capable of. They see Texas throwing it to him deep every game. They're trying like heck to get that connection going. So defensive coaches have to be mindful of him and where he is on the field because they know he is a game breaker. When he's not out there, that can help you load up on the box. Jordan Winnington, Jatavian Sanders, these are guys that are good when they are part of a group that has somebody like Worthy in that wide receiver core. When he's not in there, it changes the defense's philosophy. It plays right into their hands. Now, Worthy got rolled up on early in the game. He's day-to-day. He should play this week. But, man, he is just such a a dynamic uh, wide receiver. When he is not out there, it literally changes the entire look of the offense for Texas. And that's, that's, that's just downright scary. If he's not out there for any length of time, this offense bogs down really quickly. And it's, that's just, that really gets me nervous, but he should be back. He's day to day, you know, took an x-ray, no structural damage. Thank goodness for that. He will play this weekend. And then card, does he play? Yours is still day to day. We don't know if he's going to play Hudson card. You know, didn't do much in that second half until the end of the end of the game, the final drive to get the game tied, but he's still gimpy. He's still dealing with an ankle. Quinn Ewers, again, day-to-day, another young guy, obviously, but he has shown you what he is, the potential. You have seen a sprinkle of it that we saw in the first game and then, you know, for a hot minute in the Bama game. If Quinn Ewers plays this weekend, that would be fantastic because obviously OU's looming around the corner, and we all know how that game's going to – that's just huge rivalry game, Cotton Bowl. That's just a whole other thing into itself. But before we get to that, we got to talk about West Virginia, of course. But – my biggest takeaway from this, and I'll, I saw this, Rod Babers, former All-American cornerback for Texas, tweeted this out after the loss to Texas Tech on Saturday. Texas is 7-9 and nine under Steve Sarkeesian. They held a halftime lead in five of those nine losses. They held a fourth quarter lead in five of those nine losses. They had a double-digit leads in four of those nine losses. Texas is winning the battle of game plan and preparation, but losing the battle of adjustments. Now, that's... When you read it that like that in black and white, it really it, it it's Sarkeesian has got to change something, meaning either his it, uh, defensive coaches and there's a lot of you know Longhorn fans upset wanting to fire PK the defensive coordinator uh, with Gary Patterson looming in the background obviously, but I can't blame the defense because they they kept you in the game they gave you a two touchdown lead. And then, yes, the defense did give up the lead, but offense was going three and out, not getting drives, not sustaining drives. You're wearing the defense out. That is a recipe for disaster for any team. I don't care what level it is, high school, college, the NFL. If your defense is on the field, 
drive after drive and it's long drives even if they eventually do get a stop and then they but they still have to you know the offense gets a couple first downs that means they're just out there for that many more plays and they're gonna get worn out they're gonna get tired they're human beings they might be in great shape and these are young guys young kids that are you know 18 19 20 years old but you can't ask them to play 100 snaps that's just that's not gonna work so that more falls on the offense defense i'm not too concerned about because if you give them, if the offense does more of their part, holds up their end of the bargain, we're not having this discussion. So yeah, the defense gave up a 14 point lead, but the offense was doing well enough that they had a 14 point lead. And then they just, in the second half, once Worthy was not able to go for the most of the game, things change. So those are stats that are mainly from last year. I'm still going to sit here and say, Texas will be fine. They will win more games that will get make a good bowl game. These are all things that I'm confident in saying. Last week was a dud. It was a stinker. It was a clunker. Whatever you want to call it. It was ugly. Throw that one in the trash. Throw the film in the trash. The game plan, all of it, it's done. It's gone. It's in the past. Move forward. This week, you got West Virginia at home. Texas is a nine-point favorite, according to Las Vegas. Oh, by the way, they played JT Daniels once before. Back in 2018. That's crazy to think it was that long ago. Uh, when he was at USC as a true freshman. And Texas won that game 37-14. We're down, I believe, 14-3 to at one point. And then Texas ended up just dominating. The game was over by the end of the third quarter. So, and then JT Daniels has played on three teams since 2019. He's played at USC, he was at Georgia, and now he's at West Virginia. He was a former five-star recruit, but a guy that keeps moving around like that, if he was a good enough quarterback, he'd still be at USC. If he was a good enough quarterback, he'd still be at Georgia. He's decent. He's not great. Guys that move around like that very rarely pan out and have great careers because they're constantly, they can't win a job here. They go to the next place because of the transfer portal. And that's a huge problem in itself that so many of these kids are just unable to wait. I did a podcast with a buddy who was a former Longhorn football player and he's a coach now. And we talked about how the transfer portal is, it's, it's, there's so many more kids in the portal than there are available spots to transfer to. And I even brought up how quarterbacks, like back in the day, you'd see a guy who was maybe a redshirt junior finally getting his first start that came in and redshirted and then his redshirt freshman year and his redshirt sophomore year. And he would be the third string quarterback. He might be a four or five star recruit, best recruit in that state playing for, let's say Florida state or Georgia or LSU or any place. But it was very commonplace to see guys wait and wait their turn this microwave society, I got to have it now. I got to play now. I got to start. I can't wait. No, no, no. If they don't get it right away, they transfer. So I think it's hard to build a lot of continuity with your team, especially as a position and quarterback from a guy that's bolted to other places. And now he's at West Virginia. You know, that's his choice. He can do that, obviously. And that's what the transfer portal is for. But a guy that on a team, the West Virginia that is at the bottom of the Big 12. Let's face it. Yes, they beat a Virginia Tech team last weekend, but is Virginia Tech any good? Not really. So they started 0-2 West Virginia. They're now t- at 2-2, and just like the Longhorns. But I think this comes at the perfect time for Texas. Again, they are at home. They're coming off of an ugly loss. They want to get the taste of that loss out of their mouth, and they want to go out there and take it out against West Virginia. Plus, they know they got Oklahoma coming around next week. So they can't afford to have two stinkers of a game and then try to still compete for this Big 12 championship. And then obviously you want to you want to start things off into the going into OU week on a positive note. And West Virginia again, 
is, I guess it's just perfect timing for Texas. They are just a, a, a okay team at best. This is a team that gave up like 50 to Kansas. Now I know Kansas is undefeated, and Kansas is like the, the one of the bigger stories of college football. And as our guy Pete Mundo here on the Heartland College Sports Network has said, how are they not ranked? I mean, he had them number one in their power rankings, excuse me, his power rankings on his show he did the other day. And I remember as I was watching that on Facebook Live, I was like, really, Pete? Kansas? Number one? All right, maybe. All right. I mean, I, I, I didn't agree with it necessarily, but hey, Pete looks like a genius. And now that Kansas is 4-0 and they have a really good football team, but still at at the end of the day, Kansas is a team that has a bunch of football players on it. They're probably not getting offers from any other Big 12 schools. Meaning West Virginia probably has better talent top to bottom on that roster. And they gave out 50 to Kansas. Now, Kansas, again, they're the darling of college football for the moment. But things can change very quickly. And I believe a team that gives up almost 50, excuse me, does give up 50, not almost. <laughs> a team that gives up 50 to Kansas is a team that Texas should wipe the floor with. Texas should win this game, come out with, you know, their rear end on fire, so to speak, and angry and upset that they just let that one get away from them in Lubbock. They should all take responsibility and go, okay, that was, that's is what it is. It's gone. It's in the past. Move forward. Get better. Texas should beat West Virginia handily in this game. I honestly believe so. West Virginia doesn't really have anything that's like outside of JT Daniels and, what else? What else in West Virginia really scares you if you're a Texas player or a Texas fan or a Texas coach? I mean, who's got the better quarterback? Texas. Who's got the better running back? Texas. Who's got the better off wide receivers? Who's, I mean, just pick a skill position. Pick any position group. Texas is better. Who's got better coaching? Texas. Who's playing at home? Texas. So all things considered, you got to give it to the home team with better talent and coming off of a loss that really probably irks them and just makes them think, okay, here's everybody kind of poo-pooing all over our team and our program again, that, yeah, Texas is still mediocre. They get hyped up every year, and this is what they do. This is a chance to take that, run with it, use it as fuel, and use it as fire to put it in and just put it on West Virginia. Texas should win this game. If I'm going to throw out a prediction, I'm going to go out and say Texas probably wins this one. Let's just go ahead and say, like, they're playing at home. Bijan, it's going to be a heavy dose of the running game again, I believe. Now, this is barring if Quinn Ewers doesn't play. Now, if Quinn Ewers plays, they'll be more dynamic in the passing game, I believe. But if Card is still the quarterback and he's still dealing with that high ankle sprain, not 100%, it should be a high dose of Bijan taking shots with Worthy and Whittington, Jatavian Sanders. You know, all the usual suspects in the passing game should come, come through this week and I'll say Texas wins this one, like, we'll go ahead and say, like, 45 to, nah, I'll go, like, 45-17. I want to see a dominating win by Texas. I want to see them get back on track with their confidence back and with everything in sight against coming against OU in the following game because that is a huge game, obviously, for the Texas Longhorns. It's their biggest rival. I mean, sure, a and if you, if you're an older fan like myself, you can re- even remember the days against Arkansas, but... They don't play Arkansas anymore. They don't play AM anymore. Everybody else in the Big 12 who might consider Texas a rival, Texas probably doesn't consider one. Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, whatever. They're, you know, after next year or so, they're probably never going to play any of those teams ever again once they go to the SEC. So, sorry, it is what it is for all those other schools. But 
as I see it for this weekend, Texas should come in, hit hit West Virginia in the mouth repeatedly, put this one or put it away, maybe not early, but put it away, be convincing, be dominant, and get ready to go out there and play Oklahoma. And then whatever happens, happens. That game, I mean, there's so many things that could happen. There's been times where Oklahoma's been ranked, Texas hasn't, Texas wins. I mean, there was years where the Peter Gardier four four times in a row back in the day, in the late 80s and early 90s, Oklahoma was the better team. Somehow, someway, Texas won four in a row. Obviously, we all remember, you know, you can flip that even the other way with the 2000 game. Did anybody see that happening with Oklahoma just absolutely opening a can of, uh, you know, you know what, <laughs> on Texas and just dropping 60 and embarrassing the Longhorns? No. So that rivalry is one of the craziest ones in college football, probably one of the best. Maybe underrated. Maybe I'm just biased because I love Texas and from Dallas originally grew up. I mean, by birthday, I was born on Friday, the day before a Texas OU game back in the day. I was born in Baylor Hospital in downtown Dallas. So maybe I'm a little bit biased. And does Texas OU rivalry is go is it's in my blood. So uh, but it should be fun to get to that one. But yeah, Texas should beat West Virginia. It should be a fun game for Longhorn fans. Let's get back on track. Let's get thing. Let's get this thing back in the middle. You know, get it back in the center of the road. Might have, might have had a you know hit some potholes and yeah, maybe kind of scrape the wall or something. Let's get the fix everything. Let's get it back straight. Let's get it back on the highway, cruising down the middle, and we'll be okay. So, once again, thank you for listening to the Bevo broadcast. My name is Greg Schnoes for the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Please, once again. Subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star rating. We would so much appreciate if you could do that for us. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you again next week. And hook them.